You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. David Forrest, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, now joins us here on A's Cast Live. You got a you got a tough act to follow. We just had Peter Gammons on the show. Oh man, I never want to be in that position. So, guys, guys, known more baseball in the last hundred years than I will ever know. Well, I was just talking about it, and, and you and I are old enough to remember. Back in the day when he was working for the Boston Globe, his Sunday column with the baseball notes was must read. I know you probably read that too back in the day. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I got to go to school in Boston in the nineties when he was still writing it and got the, the hard copy in college. And um, yeah, I mean, there's a, another time there's a long story about my dad harassing Peter Gammons on a plane flight to come watch me play in college. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, no, he, Peter set the standard for a lot, a lot of ways the game is covered today. Now there is an art to dealing with guys like Peter Gammons or Ken Rosenthal or Bob Nightingale for you, general managers of what you really want them to know what you don't want them to know. Uh, I, I know Billy back in the day was a master at it. Tell us what that relationship is like when a national guy calls you and you're going to give him, you, maybe you don't give him everything. You give him some things. What is that like? <laughs> I feel a little bit like you're setting me up based on something Peter told you about our relationship in the last few minutes. Um, no, it's, yeah, there's there's definitely a little dance that you do there, and and you know obviously those guys are trying to do their job and write stories and break news and and get information. It's it's a different relationship than you have with say the beat writers who are covering it, covering the team every day. Um, but there's you know there's a give and take. I mean they they have information from everywhere else around the game that maybe helps you out if you know you give something they give something, and um, but it's also you know, it's also an opportunity for for your team to get uh, get noticed, get something good written about them, and so on. So it's you know, most of the guys you deal with, um, I, I say guys, most of the men and women you deal with uh, are pretty knowledgeable about your team and what's going on. So it's usually an easy conversation. You, you know, we we're going to have James Caprellian on here at two forty five, and I just think about his story uh, with his mother. Tommy John, injuries, hasn't pitched a lot. And then, of course, you know, the last year or so, being at the alternate site, taxi squad, just how happy were were you for him yesterday to see him get through that first inning and collect the victory at Fenway Park? <laughs> well, I would like to say I was happy, as happy for him as his dad was, but <laughs> I think the whole, the whole world knows that's not true. Uh, what a, what an incredible show that was yesterday with the, I mean, the split 
screen with his dad and it was really it was really special and, and obviously so happy it turned out as well as it did after after those first three hitters I, I wasn't wasn't quite as sure we were going to have a storybook ending but uh but captain incredible job got himself and got the team through five innings and nice to get him that win but yeah i mean there's so much that these guys go through and then cap more than most you know he, he came over he was still rehabbing when we made the trade uh and he gets healthy pitches you know pitches in the fall league and then he gets hurt again and he just you know, he put in so much time down in uh, in Arizona and guys, I know guys go down there and they feel kind of lost and unseen, like they're, you know, hard to know what they're even rehabbing for. Um, so when you see someone break through like that and, and have a moment like Cap did, it's, you know, it's a huge testament to him, but it's also, it's a huge organizational victory. And, and you think about all the guys who, who've had literally had a hand on James over the last five years and um, just a, a really great day. I was, I was, you know, glad to see him enjoy it. Glad to see his family and friends there to enjoy it. It was, it was a special one. You know, when I think about the start of 23 and 15, we're just so used to the team getting off to a slow start and then getting in gear, May, June. How nice has it been to get out to just a, a really solid start? Well, maybe we got our whole bad start out of the way in the first six games. How about, how about we go with that theory? Um, we, we played enough, you know, enough bad baseball, the first six games to last the whole first half, but it is, it is nice to be where we are. And, and you feel like every win you can bank right now feels important because, because we know things are going to be so tight and because we do feel like uh, we play better as the year goes along. So if, if we can bank some wins now and, and play good baseball the way they're doing, uh, it just it, it feels a little bit like house money, and, and it's, it's nice to be in that position for once. And, and I think about the way the schedule is lined up. It's very odd. It's like the A's got traded the, to the American League <laughs> East. But, but one thing that I, I think is a real positive is you've gotten Tampa out of the way. You're now getting Boston out of the way. Baltimore's out of the way. So you're not going to have to do that many East Coast road trips anymore. I know you're still going to have the Jays and the Yankees, but is that nice to to, to battle with it now and you're not going to have to worry about it later on the season? Yeah, from a, a travel standpoint, we always look at things like that. Later later in the year, doing a, you know, a three-city, ten-game trip is always, always rough on you in uh, August or September. So from that standpoint – it is nice. Um, it's a little strange that we're here on May, you know, 13th, whatever it is, and we haven't seen Seattle, Anaheim, or Texas. Um, and we'll obviously get our fill of those three teams here starting in a couple of weeks. But to not have played those teams in our division, um, you know, it, 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 you have to sort of figure out where you, you stand up against those guys. So I think that would be a good test. But, um, but, yeah, like you said, nice to get some of those Eastern teams out of the way. Chad Pender's going to be back, and that's going to be great for Bob Melvin in so many ways. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Elvis is starting to hit a little bit, but when Chad comes back, how much shortstop do you think he, he'll be playing? I think that's still to be determined. He obviously he played there his first night on rehab in Las Vegas, played the outfield the second night. Uh, I believe he'll be in the lineup tonight in Reno, uh, also at shortstop. And, and – that's as much just because it's a place he has not played a lot in recent years. And in fact, when we talked in the off season about 
the possibility of Chad playing there. Uh, it just, the, the, the biggest thing was just he hasn't done it very much. And, you know, we had a guy who played 162 games a year up until this season. And then once we got Elvis, uh, you know, Chad continued to move around. So part of it is just getting in some, some reps. Um, but I think it's going to be an option. I mean, we've always said, and I, I've said it many times on this show, that, that Chad's value lies in his versatility and his ability to move around. And, and we've seen that over the last month, how much he's missed in the outfield or DH or pinch hitting right-handed, whatever the case, there have been so many times when uh, I know Bob is down there in the dugout just thinking, man, if I had Chad Pinder here, it would be the perfect spot. So uh, we'll, we'll work him back slowly. I mean, he did miss you know, almost six full weeks, so it's not like he's going to go in there and be able to play every day. We've got to take care of his legs and, and think about the long haul. Uh, but I do think he'll be an option at shortstop on some nights. Well, you know, speaking of the minor leagues, it's so great to have it back. Uh, Cody and I actually went to a San Jose Giants game against the Fresno Grizzlies. And just to see these kids back playing once again. And it was funny, the the kid that they drafted, the Rockies drafted number one at a high school. He was the beer batter. So he struck out three times. So half off beer for the first part of the game. But just to see, you know, the barbecue, just to see minor league baseball back is so great. What's it like for you having all your players finally playing again? It's, you know, there's been so much talk about, you know, returning to normal or doing things normal. Like for us, the, the routine of the minor leagues is such a big part of our normal routine during the season. And, and you, you know, you've got at least four, if not more games to follow every night. You got game reports to read the next morning. You got sort of minor league moves and calls with coaches. It just, for us, it's, it's a real return to our normal routine. It's, it's been great. And, and the, the coaching staffs have been so pumped just to be out there and to, to get to write game reports and write evaluations and, and see these guys back on the field. And we've had some really good performances already early in the season. Um, you know, some guys finally getting out there and play, some guys getting out to higher levels. So it, uh, it has been fun. I, uh, I'm hoping to get out to Stockton here in the next couple of days and then uh, certainly catching, catching Lansing, Vegas, and Midland here as the season goes along. Were there any players because of the long layoff that didn't come back and just said, you know what, I, I got a job or uh, I'm moving on with my life? Were there any guys like that? I I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, to be honest. Um, you know, we had before a major league camp, we had Nate Orff uh, voluntarily retire. Uh, but obviously Nate was, was with us a little bit last year and got to play. So, but I, I don't know that there's anybody in the minor leagues. I, I think, you know, you, you know the mindset of a minor league player. These guys are these guys are in it to get to the big leagues, and they're not going to let a little pandemic stand in their way. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm so thankful these guys are back because I, I felt so bad for them. And you know, you guys are like the kings of, of finding talent on other teams. And I think about Cole Irvin, and a lot of people didn't even know who Cole was. When he came, when when you got him for cash, uh, what did you see in him that you thought that he could be the guy that's been performing the way he's been performing? Um, well, I, I, look, if I told you I, I knew he was going to do exactly this, I'd be lying. Um, but you know, any story with guys that we 
acquire. It usually goes back, you know, almost all the way to the draft, and that's the case in Cole's case. You know, he's a West Coast guy pitching up Oregon. Our, our scout up there, Jim Kaufman, really liked him out of college, and it, it didn't work out to draft him. But but when you you talk about guys in the draft room and you think about them and you have reports, you kind of kind of keep track of them and. Uh, Cole had pitched so well in AAA in both 18 and 19 and really stood out as a starter there. Um, and, and all the things that you're seeing now, his ability to pitch, command both sides of the plate, the changeup is is just always been outstanding. And, um, you know, we we go into the offseason just looking for options and looking for depth. And, and when the Phillies had to make a roster move, you know, we had already expressed an interest at some point. So they, they checked back in with us and, and that's kind of the way you make those uh, those moves happen. Well, I mean, there's a lot of those moves that you've made. I mean, Mark Can is a Rule Five guy. I mean, it's still hard to believe that the Astros called you up and said, "Hey, are you interested in Ramon Laureano?" <laughs> I mean, looking back on that, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, um, yeah, you gotta you gotta stay on top of it. Our, our scouts do a great job identifying players. We. We have the conversations. You stay on it, and um, you know Billy's always said this is a transactional team. We need we need to make sure that we we know where the players are and and bring guys here and give them a chance to succeed. Uh, let, let let let's end on this. Uh, now we've been you know we we, we you know this is going to be the thirty ninth game, and I know you keep in contact with people. When, when does it start to heat up to where your phones start to ring and it's it's GMs and assistant GMs and people start asking around about needs and wants and when when does that start to usually happen uh, early in a season? Well, the, the the thing about this year it's a little strange because that usually happens right after the draft and, and everybody you know usually come mid May to the first week in June we're all starting to bear down and get into meetings but. Uh, the draft moved back a month on us this year, so it's it's going to be a little different calendar this season. And you know, I still think it's probably we're still a few weeks away, maybe a month away from uh, from teams really getting down to knowing who they are and what they're looking for. So, but but I will say the the schedule of the draft is going to change the uh, the, the conversations a little bit because we're all going to be distracted for a little longer. But um, yeah, you've got, you know, like I said, we're, we're about to have almost 40 games under our belt. I'd say once you get between 60 and 70 games, you, you have a pretty good idea what you need. I totally forgot about the draft. Are we having a full draft? We're having, no, we're having a 20 round draft. So it's uh it's a medium draft. It's somewhere between last year and a normal draft, but uh, it's it's over the All Star breaks. So that's that Sunday night, the 11th of July, is the first round, and then the next two days we'll do two through ten, and then ten through twenty. <laughs> you remember back when we were playing? The draft was like seventy rounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every every kid wanted to be Piazza, wanted to be a sixty second round pick, and and be that storybook ending. But yeah, we uh, MLB decided a little while ago to do twenty rounds this year, and we'll go from there. Hey, great stuff as always, and uh, you guys are doing a great job. And the fact that uh, everybody's staying safe, everybody's playing, big leagues, minor leagues, it's just a great accomplishment for the organization. So congratulations on that. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. Enjoy talking to Cap. I haven't had a chance to talk to him since last night, so tell him I'm happy for him. Oh, no doubt. Take care. All right, see ya. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 